0: Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. You can find detailed show notes to this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 145. Those notes include a summary of our discussion here, as well as links to resources mentioned during the show. So I recently had Joanna Weeb on the show to talk about writing copy that better connects with your audience, and I just couldn't resist. I wanted to kind of continue that conversation because I know it's helpful for so many of us, and today we're doing that with my colleague, Nick Osborne. Nick is a real pro. He's been doing this for a long time, and he's written copy for some of the world's biggest brands, including Citibank, Apple, Chrysler, MSN.com, the New York Times, Webex, the US Navy, and others. So yeah, he's the real deal. He's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. And he attributes most of his success to a copywriting approach he recently defined as conversational copywriting. Now, it's not what you think. I know when I first heard Nick talk about that, I I immediately thought he was referring to the write like you talk advice that we've all learned in copywriting books and courses. But you know, there's some element to that. And as you're going to soon find out, it's much bigger than that idea. And in this chat, he's going to get deeper into this, he's going to explain what this approach is all about and how you can adopt it to write more persuasive and effective copy for clients. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nick Osborne. Nick, welcome. It's great to have you here.
1: Well, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor
0: to be included. appreciate it. Well, it, the honor is mine, my friend, because I've been following your stuff for a long, long time. And <laughs> in fact, I, you've been at this game for a long, long time and i'm curious uh, how you got started uh, uh, how did you start copywriting where you know where were you professionally why and when did you go out on your own where
1: was i i wasn't anywhere professionally so you want the origin story okay so uh, I, my, my dad gently turfed me out of a house i was i think i was about 20 21 years old and he gently suggested i go up to london I was living in England. I'm English by birth. He said, "Go and get a job." And he said, "Come back when you've uh, come back and tell us about it when you got a job." So I was like, "Fine, whatever." (laughs) And went up and stayed in a house with a friend of mine. Actually, there were about five people living in the house, so I got the mattress on the floor upstairs. And I had no job, but they did. And one of them had this, we were just talking over breakfast on a Sunday or whatever, and this guy said, I work in advertising. And I said, I had no idea what that was. I I thought companies made their own advertisements. I didn't realize there was such a thing as an advertising agency. I I was completely, I had no business or, I mean, I hadn't been to university. I had had high school and that was it. High school followed by a lot of messing around. And uh, so I said, well, is it fun, the advertising agency thing? And he said, sure it is. It's a riot. And, and it was back then. So I said, fine. They all went off to work on Monday morning. I pulled out the yellow pages. I wrote to 20 ad agencies in London, because there were a lot back then, and they were all started with A, B, or C. Got three interviews, one job offer, and took it. And that was it. I can, it was accidental. And I, and I kind of, so now I had a job and I could go home and tell my mum and dad about it. And in the agency, they had no idea what to do with me. So they moved me around all the different departments like media and production and finally to creative. And they said, well, are you a designer or are you a writer? And I was like, well, I don't know. Because I'd 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 enjoyed writing, but also I'd spent a year at art college. So I had some art background too. Anyway, it turned out after a little while that I was a copywriter. And I loved it and just dove straight in. And that's what I've been doing for the last... 38 years.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, yeah, I'm curious, how, how was your <laughs> training back then? You know, there wasn't like a, a formal training program, right? It's School of Hard no. Knocks, uh, on-the-job training. Uh, how did a lot of that uh, come about?
1: It was, yeah, there were no certainly no courses. There was, like, I think I've read one book on copywriting back then, The Craft of Copywriting, Alistair Crumpton or Compton, excellent book. Um, mainly I just, uh, found work that I really admired. I have found, you know, the work of copywriters I really admired and I emulated them, you know, to begin with, I, you know, I wanted to be like this copywriter or that copywriter. So I'd take their work, I'd study it. I'd kind of write it out longhand. Um, so I learned that way And, and then just by experience, just client after client after client.
0: You've, you've done a lot in B2C and, of course, in, in B2B, but I'm curious, yep. what is your favorite type of copywriting project to work on and, and why? Ooh, um,
1: I'm not sure I have a favorite type of writing. I have, a, I have a favorite kind of gig, and that is I like bigger, longer, deeper jobs as opposed to kind of quick jobs. So if it's if it's something big like hey Nick, will you write our newsletter for the next five years, or hey Nick, will you rewrite twenty pages on our website, or you know if it's something I can really get my teeth into and build up an interesting relationship with that client, I much prefer that kind of engagement. Uh, I'm not hey I've taken lots of short-term gigs like Nick write these three emails or Nick write this you know one sales page or whatever. and, you know, it can be good, but uh, but I I don't know, I'm always happier when I'm kind of really immersing myself a, a bit more deeply into something.
0: Now, was was there one particular client that you remember, like, looking back at your career thinking, wow, this is, um, I, I think I'm going to do this forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there a particular client or a gig? Do you, do you recall when, when you knew this was going to be the way you're going to make a living for the rest of your life? I think,
1: no, I I don't think a particular client or gig, I I do know that right at the very early days, like, so just a bit of backstory, like when I became a copywriter back in 1979 and I did a few jobs and my bosses were delighted and everyone said, oh, you're good. You're so good. You're so good. And they gave me pay rises and then people tried to headhunt me and I got more pay rises. That was the first time in my life that I'd ever really been good at something. You know, I was always that kid at school where people said, well, he seems to have some potential, but we have no idea what to do with him. (laughs) Uh, And so this was the first time in my life people turned around and said, hey, you're really good. You're highly valued. We want to give you more money. We want to steal you for our ad agency stuff. So that, in a sense, is why I fell in love with it, because it just felt so good to be good at something. And to be valued at something. So it it just turned my life around completely. So in a sense, it really wasn't down to individual projects or clients. It was just down to that wonderful sense of, oh my goodness, I'm good at something.
0: (laughs) That is a a good feeling, especially if you've been uh, searching for that thing for a while. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've recently been writing and talking a lot about this idea of conversational copywriting. Uh, And I want to dive deeper into that because I I find this very intriguing and um, such a simple concept, but so needed right now. Can you explain what you mean by conversational copywriting and why it's so important today?
1: Sure. Hey, well, I'm really glad to hear that you find it interesting, too, because I I, I mean, I I just love this stuff. Um, So, all right, so a little bit of context. So this is going back to my own. History, I guess, before the web is that media were one way. They were it was, it was broadcast media. Uh, you put an ad on a TV show, and it's not like the audience could talk back. This is a one-way broadcast medium. So you know, if you watch TV, you were interrupted by commercials, right? If you're listening to your favorite music on radio, you were interrupted all the time by these one-way broadcast commercials on radio. Print, all, all these one-way broadcast media were all about pushing a message out and interrupting you, whether you're watching a show or listening to music or reading an article or whatever. And because they, this was interruption marketing, they had to push kind of hard. They had to be pretty loud because it wasn't entirely welcome. You know, I'd, Actually, I'd ro- ro- far rather watch the TV show than have these ads all the time. So, so advertising, traditional advertising, traditional copywriting grew up in this kind of push mentality and push hard mentality. Then along comes the web and the web is absolutely not like that. It's not a broadcast medium. It's not a one-way medium. It's, it's a multi-way medium. And now particularly with like the rise of social media, the rise of mobile, it is getting more and more conversational. So when a company steps into a conversation online and they do the old-school broadcast push, we don't like it. People don't like it. Consumers, listeners, readers, participants online don't like it. So Over the last couple of years, we've seen worldwide 600 million people install ad blockers in their browsers. People filter their emails more and more aggressively. They love the fact that in Gmail, Gmail will put the promotional stuff off into another folder so they don't have to bother with it. People don't like that push interruption online because it's not a broadcast medium, it's a multi-way, two-way medium. So what you want to do within, if you're going to be online, is not push. You don't want to interrupt the conversation. You want to join the conversation. And you join the conversation with a kind of more respectful, inclusive, conversational mindset and style of writing. If you can enter the conversation without interrupting it, you're going to do a much better job of engaging with your prospects and your customers. And there's a ton of data out there that'll tell you that if you engage more deeply with prospects and customers, they're more likely to buy, they're more likely to spend more, they're more likely to buy again, and they're more likely to tell their friends or colleagues about you. So, I mean, I think the basic case for conversational copywriting is really, really compelling. And it's something, it's kind of weird. I was telling someone else about this a few days ago, and it's like, this has always been where my head has been at as a copywriter. And it's only relatively recently that I've put this name to it, conversational copywriting. I've always been a conversational copywriter. I just never really put a name to it before.
0: Now, what I'm hearing is this. This is really not just about uh, a tone uh, or a style, right? Because many of us were taught, hey, your copy needs to be conversational. But when we heard that, uh, at least I took it to mean, "Hey, that this—it's just flow. It should feel like you're talking right. to someone." I, I think what i am correct me if I'm wrong—but what I'm hearing is, yes, there is that, but it goes deeper than that. It, it, it's really broader and deeper.
1: Exactly right. So yes, there is that. There, there, is a, there is a conversational way of writing, but it's also more structural in terms of your marketing. It's conversational marketing as well as conversational copywriting. It's a mindset. It's, it's a belief that as a business, you will do better by joining a conversation rather than interrupting a conversation. Interrupting conversation is it, it, it irritates people and it costs a lot of money because you have to keep doing it more and more and more and more and more because people don't really like it and they stop you know they tune you out, so really yes it is a mindset it's not just about how you write but it's about what you write and how you choose to enter those conversations how you choose to contribute to them,
0: and, and this makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm nodding my head here and I, I'm but I'm I'm curious. If you could share maybe some some ideas and some tips and some practices that we as copywriters can use to not just write more conversational copy, but me be more conversational in our approach, can you maybe share a few ideas that people could could uh, put into practice?
1: Well, I guess, I guess the first thing, and maybe some of us have heard this from our from our um, therapists, is become a better listener. Old school broadcasting, broadcast advertising, it wasn't about listening. Uh, conversational copywriting is about listening. And it's exactly the same. Hey, if you're at a party, you're in a backyard barbecue, and you're out there, you're not just talking at people, you're listening. It's a conversation. It's back and forth. So, so that, I think, is one of the keys to all of this, is to learn how to listen. So immerse yourself in the conversation that is taking place between your your, in, within your audience, your prospects and your customers. What are they talking about? What do they care about? What what language do they use? What terms do they use? I'm, I'm, I've often been amazed by the fact that I'll go into a meeting and I'll listen to, or I'll, I'll be on a Skype meeting or something, I'll listen to a whole bunch of people at a business using terms and phrases that are super familiar to them internally. They then put that into their marketing materials without even thinking about whether those same terms of phrases are actually used by their prospects. And very often they're not. So yeah, become an, you know, become a better listener. Also think about how you communicate. What, what is your mindset? Are you trying to talk, Are you trying to push someone into changing their belief or are you trying to engage them in a conversation and actually kind of, I don't know, like, like, like share. Share what you have to offer. The value of what you have to offer. So, so one of the things, and this goes back to just how to write, is to do that. You know, the kitchen table test. How would you, if it's B, if it's B to C, how would you speak to that prospect over the kitchen table, if you were looking at them in the eye? What kind of language would you use? It's probably not going to be. You're not going to try and sound like a used car salesperson. You're not going to be full of business jargon. You're going to talk person to person, and you're going to listen as well. If you're in B2B, think about how you might try to persuade people in a meeting. Maybe it's a presentation, maybe it's a discussion, whatever it is. How would you persuade people? How would you phrase things? If you want to, if you don't, if you're not in the mindset of trying to force or push people into agreeing with you, how would you, how would you engage with them in conversation in a way that was persuasive and was going to work for you? And even within the meeting, let's say, I mean. I've been so many meetings and presentations where the actual, the actual real work gets done in the corridor during a break around the coffee machine in between, you know, in between the formal bits of the meeting. What language would you use there or what mindset would you use to persuade a colleague or a manager or a boss while you're standing at the, you know, you're away from the formal structure of being a business person. The next thing I would say is, and, and this sounds very, very fundamental, but it's super important is to let go of some old habits. Some of us were trained to write at school and university and we have this kind of academic writing habit, which is it, it, it's not it's not conversational. And sometimes business writing is full of jargon. It's about communicating within a particular tribe of colleagues, etc. So you gotta let go of some of those old habits. And if you're a copywriter like me who used to write offline, I have to lose All of those broadcast copywriting habits where I was talking at an audience. So a lot of this is about letting go. A lot of this is about listening. A lot of this is about looking at the language that your prospects use. And goodness knows there's no excuse for not being able to do that. Just go to Facebook groups. Go to to social media. Uh, Just see how people talk about your business, your products, your company uh look at the language look at the attitudes figure out what's important to them that's how you hold a conversation and that's how you enter a conversation without interrupting the next thing is and and again this can really help is is to think a little bit like a brand ambassador so it's very hard for a business it's it's impossible for a business to have a, a human personal conversational tone because businesses don't talk. It's just people within businesses that talk. So if you think of like a brand ambassador, and I guess one of the best known is, is Guy Kawasaki. He was a brand ambassador for Apple for a long time. Mm-hmm. So he became the individual voice that represented that brand. So, so have, a look, have a look at how he did it. You can Brand ambassadors used to be called, and there's this big overlap with celebrity endorsers. Like Roger Federer, the tennis player, endorses Rolex watches. All right, really yeah. good match. It's a really good match there. So you have an individual now. Whether it's Guy Kawasaki or Roger Federer, they can get into conversation. So listen to that. How does how does a brand translate into the spoken word, into conversation with someone like Guy Kawasaki or Roger Federer? How do they talk about the brands? And you begin to get a feel. Now. I, mean, I know I'm not giving you like tips and tricks. You know what I mean. I don't think there are tips and tricks here. These are these are of,
0: mindset. These are mindset shifts, and, which are yeah, important.
1: So, and, and that is, if you don't do that, you got nothing. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is the mindset shift, and and in a sense, it's easy for us as writers to make that shift because I think what we're talking about to some degree is self-evident. Oh, maybe that's just me <laughs> drinking my Kool-Aid too much. No, the no, no. Will-
0: You're right. You're right. It, you, it has to start there. And, and but let's face it, Nick. It, you know, this is many of us have been taught these things. I think the problem is we ignore them because we're trying to get things done, and it just seems like maybe, maybe listening to to that audience at a deeper level is is maybe we don't need to go there. We don't have the time. But you're saying, look, you, you, you can't just read a couple of things. you got to go as deep as possible. And in fact, right. you should even have some conversations with some people who would be in that target market. Because that's, like you said, that's where some of the magic happens. When you least expect it in the middle of a conversation, the customer suddenly says something in a certain way that you it's just so beautiful uh, right. that you wouldn't have thought of it yourself. Right. Right. So
1: you find the language you find, and like I say, that the key here is how do I enter the conversation instead of interrupting the conversation? That is the magic because then we get into like, if you're trying to persuade a client about this, now we get into the data because we, that point I made about engaged customers, there's a ton of data from companies like Gallup and a lot of other researchers that, that demonstrate that if you engage with a customer, They they spend more. They spend more often. They tell more people about it, etc. You don't engage. You don't get a. a, You don't achieve engagement by shouting a sales message. You don't get engagement by talking full of jargon. You get engagement by touching someone, (laughs) by getting into conversation, by them being able to feel your passion for something. I mean, you. I I think I've been writing persuasively for my entire life, right, adult life. But I think, I bet if you went back and you found out when was Nick, when was I the most persuasive, it's probably been in conversation with my teenage kids or with a friend, a close friend or my spouse, where I'm trying to persuade them that, oh, hey, let's go vacation here or not here. Uh, no, I don't think you should drop out of school and here's why. And I'm probably, I've probably done the best selling in my life through passionately felt conversation. It?
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So you know, one of the things that, that stumped me a bit when you were talking about engaging in conversation versus shouting a sales message is that that is a mindset thing. I mean, in many cases, you're not going to have actual dialogue uh, via email or in person with the prospect. Right. But you're saying, look, put yourself in that situation. And just pretend they're next to you. Pretend that you're at the kitchen table you know what right. would that what would that conversation go like? And of course, you're going to omit their responses because that's not part of the copy. But I'm starting to see how I might be able to apply that uh, without necessarily writing a two way conversation, right? So making it feel have, that way.
1: Have you ever read some copy that where it it made you smile because like they that just somehow just kind of touched you just right? Oh yeah, it's like. Yeah, and and, and and this is never when someone's pushing hard as a copywriter. It's never the hard sell. It's where they say something that paints a picture in your own life where you think, oh yeah, something like that. All right, so now I'm entering into some kind of, I, I, I've used a tone, I've used an approach and a mindset where I'm not opening the gate with a hard sell, trying to change your mind, persuade you. I'm just saying, hey, feel this, imagine this, remember this, and now let's talk about how to make this better or whatever. So, so yeah, in, in my language, in my tone, in my pace, in, in, in ev- ev- everything, can, you can tell whether I'm trying to push or whether I'm trying to share.
0: One of the things that I've done, and I'm not sure how many people do this, um, but I, especially when I'm stuck uh, with, some, with some copy, I will, I will get out of my regular environment. So I'll go to the patio uh, if the weather's nice, or I'll go to a coffee shop. In many cases, I'll just go for a drive, right? and I'll use the voice memo in my phone. And what that does is it forces me to talk it out a little bit differently outside of my environment and while I'm doing something else. Because something about when you're driving, <laughs> right, it, it forces you to use a different part of your brain for this kind of work. And some of my best copy has actually been written, so to speak, on the highway while I'm talking it through because I, I have to net it out in a more conversational, a simpler way. Have you ever found yourself doing things like that. I do
1: I do the same with with on my bicycle and I actually have a notepad there's something for me about hand and pencil and paper that yeah. works and sometimes I'll go cycling and I go cycling it for two hours and I'll stop every five minutes to write something and I can get a week's work done like in a two hour the cycle right so you're right and it's and, and i'm not saying all oh, this is easy because on the one hand you got to kind of forget a lot of what you learned about being a copywriter what it means you know how to open how to close and all that good stuff but at the same time you don't completely forget it the sales structure is still there you're still opening you're still closing you still want to close the sale you're just doing it in a more respectful way it's the kind of anti-hype it's <laughs> It's, it's rather than it being adversarial, you, you, it's no longer you against the reader to say, I know that person doesn't want to pull out their wallet, but I'm going to make them. <laughs> Instead of it being adversarial, you're getting to the place where it's like, hey, they, they think, you know what? Absolutely. I just want this thing. I, I don't even need to read any further. Just where, where's, the, where's the buy button? I want it. That's what you're looking for is you've made a friend, you've engaged with someone, you're not trying, you're not adversarial, you're not trying to push them into a sale.
0: And, and I think that's what comes out of getting out of your environment, like you just described, right? It's the, yeah. it forces you to think about having a real conversation, something about being behind that keyboard, um, you know, you feel like you're supposed to be on task and doing it a certain way. Uh, and and it just doesn't doesn't work many times. Uh, now you know it, it reminds me. So the the uh, brilliant marketer by the name of Dean Jackson uh, out there, and he says that the best copy and he should have said conversational copy. The best copy is the copy that looks like you didn't spend any time writing. So <laughs> it just looks yeah. so effortless. But it's you have to spend so much time in working on it in order for it to not look like you spent a lot of time writing it if that makes sense
1: it it reminds me of the wonderful dolly parton quote of uh, you have no idea how much it costs to look this cheap (laughs) (laughs) and it's it is true with conversational copywriting you have no idea how hard i had to work to make this seem
0: effortless you know it's uh that's a good way uh, of, of thinking about it. it, it, it yeah. should it should come across that way, which is why many times I like to put copy away for a couple of days because I need to look at yeah. it fresh. That's the only and, way. I
1: and also some of the stuff that all of us taught and have taught along the way, is, you know stuff like read out your copy online, read, read it out out loud. Out loud, yes. Yeah. You know, just, just read, because sometimes you, you'll stumble or you'll think, man, I'd never say it like that. I'd never sound like that. I'd never use that word. I'd never use, if I was talking, I'd never talk in a 25-word sentence. That's ridiculous. So so that really can help. I'm not saying that conversational copy is exactly the same as spoken language. It, it's not. It's, it's, it's tighter and more kind of structured than that. But it should feel like spoken language. It should feel like a spoken conversation.
0: Yes. Good good tip there. Um, now, uh, I'm wondering because I, I know you do a lot of web copywriting and I'm wondering if there are any concerns, especially clients' concerns regarding this type of approach and its impact on SEO do, or does it even matter? <laughs> Uh, well, you're right. I've, I have had
1: that pushback from companies saying, "Oh, hey, what you're talking about just wouldn't work for SEO because we have these, you know, we have this large collection on the Excel spreadsheet of all these different phrases, etc., and they don't lend themselves to your kind of conversational approach." Uh, and then I kind of get into conversation with them because I say, "Well, do you realise that we're fast approaching the point where over fifty percent of all searches are done with voice?" People are talking to Apple Siri or their Google Assistant or Microsoft's Cortana or they're, they're calling across the room to their Amazon Alexa enabled device, uh, device and they are doing their searches. They're asking their questions with voice. And this is really interesting because we are. We're just at the juncture now where almost half the people online are using voice search every day and the amount of people doing voice search and the the amount of voice search they do is growing at a much faster rate than when you type stuff in so the companies that push back at me their collection of keywords and phrases and everything they're getting from keyword research tools is all based on typed search which tends to be we, we kind of abbreviate what we're searching for like you know cheap vacation cancun all right that's how we type a query if we're talking to siri we're saying, hey, Siri, can you give me some help with finding cheap vacations in Cancun? We tend to speak in a whole sentence when it with spoken search. So in fact, if you write your content pages and your copy pages now in conversational language, is actually a much better match for voice search optimization. So this is kind of weird because in a sense, when I talk about conversational copywriting, I almost feel like I'm talking about something that's been around forever. But it's also like the way of the future in a sense because it's the perfect match for the way search is going. Because it's conversational in its tone, it's the perfect match for the way people, the phrases and terms people use when they're talking to their Google Assistant or Amazon Echo. So that's the conversation that I then have with them as saying, well, funny you should ask that
0: because. Well, in, in you're right. So what that's going to do, Nick, is just going to push things further in that direction at a faster pace. So that I think so. You know, that only helps that cause. Um, now I'm, I'm curious, you know, in that same vein, uh, how do you not, not in terms of SEO, but other, other aspects of this? How do you deal with clients who maybe they're reviewing your copy? You think you've done a pretty amazing job of it. Keeping it conversational and it's really authentic. It's really well aligned with what the audience um, is already the conversation they're already having in their heads, right? Uh, but yeah. you're, you're getting pushback because it feels a bit too casual for them, or you know, whatever. But you're you're confident that you're you're hitting the mark. How do you address that? How do you have that conversation with a client who's maybe not sophisticated enough to understand what we've been talking about here?
1: Well, first of all, if, if, if I'd left that conversation to when I presented the copy, then I'd have made a big mistake. I, I'd have that conversation before I wrote the copy. I'd talk to them about the benefits of conversational copywriting. I would ask them where and how comfortable they would feel. There's there's no point in me trying to fight with a client over this. And probably a starting point, if I was working with a client who said, hey, I hear what you're saying, Nick, but man, we really do have a particular way of doing stuff here. I might say to them, well, you know what? Here's an easy place to start. Let's start with social media because that really is conversational. I don't think you'll get too much argument even internally over that. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> or then I could say after that, I could say, you know what? Social media, that kind of worked for us. We found a bit of a conversational voice for your company that, that works and your guys seem to be comfortable with. Let's roll this out into some of your email. Because that's kind of personal. That's going into people's inbox. Let's make your email a bit more conversational. So I, I would, if I was, if I felt the client was nervous about it, I would be respectful of that. I'm not there to, to force a business to do this. Uh, I believe absolutely it's the right way for them to go, but I'll help them. I'll help them. I'll say, start with social media, go into email, then we'll perhaps go to newsletters, and then I'll say, you know what? There's probably some content pages on your website where we could take now. Now that we really are beginning to find this voice for your business that is not off-brand but is still getting more conversational let's roll this out into some other areas so i I think that's the way to go with most clients i think in fact it would be unusual to find a client who just says okay i'm all in rewrite everything
0: (laughs) i would be (laughs) i I would be worried
1: worried. (laughs) yeah I'd i'd be a little worried for the client so so yeah absolutely there are ways in and you just go in step by step and one of the one of the really high value things you're offering is this, this process of discovering what a business's or a brand's conversational voice sounds like. If you can find that for them, you have brought fantastic value to that company. It's like, oh my, I had no idea that, that, that we had a voice that could still represent our brand. But a voice that we can actually speak with that is conversational in tone, where we can engage with people now through social media and email and newsletters, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So you have a course on this very topic of conversational copyright. And why don't you tell us a, a bit about that and where listeners who are interested in learning more about it can check it out? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a kind of video-based course. And by that, there's a bit of talking
1: head videos, but but mainly it's kind of PowerPoint with me walking through all different aspects of, of conversational copywriting. So it's like PowerPoint with audio. And these are kind of, I don't know, 8, 10, 15-minute videos. There are 21 different lectures in this video format. and And I also do a whole bunch of homework assignments because... I, I kind of believe in learning through doing learning through engagement. So there's homework assignments. There's, uh, and, and of course, we have, a, we have a, a Facebook group, a private Facebook group. So we can actually share the homework and we can interact and we can. It, and, and that's the best part, because, again, with, within the Facebook group, I actually get to listen as well as to teach. And the more i can listen to the people taking the course the the more i can improve it because i'm constantly adding to the course and and upgrading the course so yeah it's 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 teaching everything i'm talking about today it's it's talking about how to write more conversation how to change your mindset how to write you know emails web pages social media all the different kinds of of digital marketing you get to come across writing tasks you'll come across how to do this in a conversational tone that actually works um, and like I said, I think in the sense that some of the biggest value here lies in the, in the, the assignments and in the Facebook group where we'll get to kind of learn from one another and interact.
0: And where, where can we learn more about it? Where can I send folks? Just go to conversationalcopywriting.com. Wow. And, uh, there you go. Great URL. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, and I like yeah. your conversational <laughs> copywriting approach to uh, refining the, the course. That's, that's very, uh, very smart of you.
1: Oh, and I don't do that just because I think I should do it. I, I, I do it because it just is it, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, yeah. the, the stuff that I have learned through interacting with all the students who are taking this course is, is like I kind of slap myself on the forehead and thought, my goodness, why didn't I think of that before? So I go back and I add a bon- piece of bonus material I add a lecture or change a lecture. So, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: Awesome. We'll we'll make sure to include that link in the show notes. And before we sign off, Nick, where can listeners check you out as well and connect with you online?
1: Well, there's, so that's my conversational copywriting site. My, the site I've had forever online is just com. So people can, there's, that's where you'll find my about page, um, and links to all my social media, uh, channels and Hey, anyone and everyone's always welcome to just email me at nick at com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Nick really enjoyed this conversation enlightening, uh, and such an important topic. Thanks for coming on my friend.
1: Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
0: The High Income Business
1: Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more
0: at b2blauncher.com.